everyone, and welcome to the brand new podcast from your friends at Fanbyte. It is 99 Potions, the podcast where we discuss all things role-playing video games. I am one of your hosts, editor-at-large for Fanbyte.com, Sean Warren. And with me this week, and hopefully always and forever, uh, are my two co-hosts. Uh, one is the incomparable, the unbeatable, the indefatigable Natalie Flores. Hello, Natalie. Hi. I thought you were going to say Steven because we were just talking about them playing Divinity on tactician mode. So I was like, yes, but absolutely. That's, but that's what I do. You think you know what I'm going to do, and then I just I surprise you with it. And Exactly. And that's what y'all can expect on this podcast in the future. Ooh. Ooh. Also with us, of course, is managing editor of fanbyte.com, the uh, immovable object, Steven Strong. <laughs> yes, hello. My podcast is too strong for you, adventurer. Okay, well, it took us. Kill you in an instant. Okay, well, it did take us 30 seconds to get there, huh? <laughs> we decided to name this show 99 Potions. I had three different jokes queued up. I swear to God, I was getting coffee this morning, sitting in the car, trying to decide which of the three different intro jokes I wanted to do. You know, you know what's weird is that I looked at I don't I don't want to drag this guy. I, I don't remember his name at all, but I did look up that guy's YouTube channel and all of his videos are like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sure just are. all like the the effect of that weird camera thing and him doing funny voices. But the potion seller one's like the only good one i saw so it's just kind of strange anyway um we all love role-playing games huh yeah Woo. yeah i would say so yeah, i, I would say yeah. if i had to pick a genre people have asked me this this is a serious uh, i'm serious people have asked me what my favorite genre of video game is before and i never know what to say because i i feel like i should say rpg but i also feel like every video game in the world is an rpg now yeah call of duty Honestly, has leveling yeah. <laughs> you know, I, that's I mean, that's definitely true. Not one of our uh, designated topics of the day. But I also think it's like an interesting observation that like everything has basically role playing mechanics now. And it's like, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, we have another show called Numbers Go Up. And that yeah. is a show all about kind of like live games and kind of building up a character. And there's a little bit of overlap here, but it's like. I, I I do get a lot out of systems that allow me to, I don't know, build and build and build and build. And I don't know, I get I get why everything is becoming an RPG. But we I don't know. We're we're honing in on like I don't know. I was about to say real I, RPGs, but that was going to be basically the worst thing I could have possibly said. <laughs> so I guess I just mean when you see you know, you know it when you see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, people you know, it. like th there's a difference between uh, like a loot game, right. a live loot game and an RPG. We would never talk about Persona 5 on Numbers Go Up, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Unless you're so trying many to games have RPG elements. But to be like a set RPG is a different ballpark, I think. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Much like Battleborn, Destiny is more of a role playing hobby than it is a role playing game. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I hobby great experience. I can't. Sometimes I'll listen to numbers go up, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know how y'all 
stick with this stuff? <laughs> the answer is that you just get extremely burnt out on one live game uh, after about 80 hours of it in a week. And then you switch to the next one and you cycle. just keep like you cycle yeah, to the next one. Switch the veins up every every time. And it works fine. <laughs> um, I do definitely want to start with an RPG that Steven is playing through right now uh, that Natalie loves a lot. I've dabbled in the series, but not Divinity 2. Uh, but yeah, Steven, you are playing Divinity Original Sin 2 and are playing it in maybe the silliest way I've ever heard. So I would <laughs> love you to introduce us to this. And so Natalie and I can drag you and then we can get into a fun discussion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a game, like you said, that um, Natalie has beaten, right? You you beat this a while ago, Natalie? Yeah. When it like, came out? Okay. Yep. Not so when it came will... out, but I did take like two years to finish it, but I, I think it's like the best RPG ever. So, damn. It's fine. That's big. That's that's that, huge. It's big. But I also, but also didn't play on the masochistic mode, so. <laughs> yeah, the, the fucking hurt me more mode. Uh, or hurt All me right, plenty, go on, sorry. Steven, yeah. Uh, so, okay. This is a game, for a little bit of context, this is a game that, yeah, like Natalie said, a lot of people talk about this like it's the greatest RPG ever made. And I can definitely see why people people say that. And I, I tried to get into it about 14 different times on various uh, attempts and playthroughs and stuff like that. And I kept getting my ass kicked and like not being able to progress and stuff like that. So I would stop, restart, stop, restart for a while. Uh, and somehow at no point did it occur to me that maybe one of the reasons that I was not having a super good time with it in the early game was that it was too fucking difficult. And I would get stuck and not want to play. <laughs> no, so your solution for having a good time with it was to stick with the difficulty. <laughs> yes, so I guess I. And so the past tense of not having a good time with it means that now on the hardest difficulty mode, you are somehow indeed presently having a not not bad time with it. Yeah, I mean that's kind of me with video games sometimes. Like I definitely am a person who likes to. I like games that push back against me and I like pushing through those games oftentimes. All right. And and so it <laughs> now that's usually a thing where it's just like, ah, I just keep with it. And I uh, I will eventually get through to the part where I have solved the game and I know the strategy that I want to play through. Like, you know, The Last of Us, like always going stealthy and taking enemies out one by one. The first game, I liked that a lot. Things like Destiny, finding good builds, whatnot. I mean, the original Destiny was a very hard game. And normally, like I said, it's like a, it's a straight shot. I just get through the tough stuff. Breath of the Wild was the same way. And then I and then I find the fun. <laughs> but I think that has broken my brain in such a way where I decided to, that like kept playing this over and over and over again and never th once thought to just knock the difficulty down uh, until I got to the final boss of the first chapter of Divinity Original Sin 2 and was like, fuck this. <laughs> fuck this game. <laughs> fuck all this. Fuck tactician mode. Fuck trying to beat this boss. Fuck this fucking battle arena that they force you into where you can't sneak around and do all the cool shit that you can do in these games by like separating enemies and, and all this stuff because they intentionally block your line of sight in this weird little ruin so that you have to only come at them from one of three angles and you can't see or get into position really well and it sucks and I was like alright I'm going to have a better time if I just knock the difficulty down about 16-20 hours into this game 
And then that was when I was reminded by the game when I went to the options menu and tried to do that. Uh, when you're playing on tactician mode, which is the hardest difficulty in Original Sin 2, uh, you cannot turn the difficulty back down. In every other difficulty mode, you can turn the difficulty down right. if you want to. This one, and it does, to the game's credit, warn you about that at the that. start. I mean, that's pretty common now where it's like, you know, you're going to do extreme murder setting. You won't be able to turn it down, <laughs> loser. You know, and then, then you have to start the game. Yeah. Here's BJ Blaskowitz with a broken nose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> show you how fucking tough you are. And yeah, no. Uh, so I was just like, well, fuck, I'm 20 hours in. I'm not restarting at this point. I fucking got out of that Fort Joy. This game, I think, also just doesn't have a very strong intro because it's a very restrictive. Uh, the game kind of like v- uh, opens itself up to you very gradually. Natalie, you could probably speak to this, too. But where you you start that game and you're in like a boat, which is like one house, basically, like in terms of geographical size. That's the tutorial area. Then you're trapped inside of a fort and then you escape the fort and can explore this entire island. And then you escape the the entire island named Fort Joy. (laughs) Yeah, the Fort Joy (laughs) Island, which is this fucking horrible nightmare island full of like weird experiments left over by this ancient king called Brachus Rex. Uh, It's covered in undead mutations and stuff like that people whose souls have been kept in jars everyone on this island literally everyone on this island just wants to die but they're all cursed to not ever die and and, and the the island's called fort joy the island is called reaper's reaper's eye but the but the the fortress on it the the place where everybody lives is fort joy that's good yeah okay yeah that's funny everybody calls it the joy uh it's like don't don't fuck up don't let the magisters find you or else they'll send you to the joy (laughs) <laughs> um, which is a good little bit like this game has a really good world building really good setting building like it's everything so about it yeah um, there's a so skeleton good. in this one huh yeah yes. although Natalie I found out you didn't get the skeleton I did and I boned him but then I let him die because <laughs> you can bone the bones Sir, undead sir. I, and and like it doesn't count towards the romance. Like you can just do it. Like the game encourages it and it's like a fun little bit. And then I let him die. But I boned him before he wow. died. So I think he went out pretty nicely. The game encourages you to fuck the skeleton and then let him die. On the ship. No, no. The letting the letting him die part, that was all me. But the game definitely encourages you to bone the bone sir in the ship. That was Natalie's own perversion that she decided to throw into the yeah. mix. That was some Natalie flavor. Uh, I think it and, could and have gone out in worse ways. <laughs> <laughs> who, who were you playing? You were playing as a custom character when you, yes, when you started. Yes, I was as a very pretty elf who is married to Sabeel. I love mm. her so much, and who bones the skeleton before he died? <laughs> you were presented. The Divinity Original Sin Two presented you with the classic "fuck Mary kill" solution, and your option was to um, fuck the just skeleton, say, marry Seville, and kill everyone else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I had, uh, I had Lose. My party is Seville, Lose, and the Red Prince, who is yeah. wonderful. Yeah. And I know that Steven is playing as Lose. Is yeah. that how you pronounce it? Lose. Lose. I think it's Losa. I think it's a Losa. soft. Ugh. Yeah, Losa. 
It's French, you know. We yeah. could, if we had Ren on this podcast, she, I'm sure she could uh, oh, confirm yeah. for us that it's French. Yeah, we'll have to get Ren on next week for a lot of, of French pronunciation. Um, but uh, yeah, I I don't. I am a person who gave up on the idea that games have to challenge me. Like same back okay. when I think when Witcher three came out because. Mm. And this might be absolute blasphemous, uh, just a blasphemous thing to say. But like the the whole crux of like, I think the as designed Witcher gameplay is the interplay of like potion creation and taking stuff and, you know, making basically just like micromanaging your. Yeah, fight to fight kind of uh, readiness for whatever your oils and traps. Yeah, and, yeah, drinking the right potion before the fight exactly. starts so that you can see in the dark yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I turned all of that off and I just kind of played <laughs> like a played like a cool RPG where you fight with the sword and you get magic, and that's pretty much how I played that game for all I don't know 150 hours of it, and I don't. Can't- I don't like feel weird about it, but I do the only I guess the thing I'll say is the only reason I do feel a little weird about it is that I did explicitly strip the thing out of the game that I think the developers want you to engage with. Oh, 100%. And and I did feel weird about that, but not weird (laughs) enough to like not do it. But I do. (laughs) I do. I am Mm -hmm. a person that like. I like games that give me a challenge, but the second I feel frustrated by it, I turn mm. that shit down so fast. Same. And my threshold for frustration is like anything harder than a baby's. Thing, you know, <laughs> like my favorite, like The Last of Us Two is my favorite game to replay. Yeah. Because there's straight up an option that's just like skip puzzles. Like you can plank yeah. down on the ground in front of people, and you'll still be invisible even if they're walking <laughs> on top of you. Like there's auto aim. There's there are so many good accessibility options that are not just helpful for the access for the community that needs them but like fuck like i love having that shit like i love skipping puzzles and not having to do them ever again like i have one brain cell and so i would rather <laughs> just not have to go through that so i, I would actually say yeah. too that like original sin 2 i feel like with their system it's such an odd system because it fe- basically feels like balance patches but they make them entirely optional the gift bag system you know what i'm talking about natalie I think no, just because I played it on the baby difficulty mode and I just straight up ignored all the rules and was just like, yeah, like, like, I think, yes, was it yesterday that Steven messages me and they're like, oh, my God all these buffs that I'm using and I'm like yeah. buffs but, <laughs> you use yeah, buffs yeah. you loser I, I, <laughs> I just really go point. into fights and I just like try it and I use buffs only when I'm dying I'm like oh it's probably a good time to 
power myself up even though the point is to power yourself up <laughs> yeah like that game is hard even on the baby difficulty right. like there's a specific battle that i can't remember but that i have warned steven of through my <laughs> traumatic memories i just know yes. that it involves uh oil barrels and like oil slimes and so yes. many enemies oh, that- and I like got, a- i got to that fight like an hour after you warned me about no it way. yesterday. Oh yeah. my god! Uh-huh. There, Wait, there did you already beat fights, it? There are a couple of fights in Divinity Original Sin One that are like that. They have like the oil slicks and stuff like that, and they're yeah. they're really tough. I remember so that really tough. well. Steven, did this you game, beat it? Oh, it took me about eleven like different tries. <laughs> eleven billion. <laughs> Hey, you're getting that. Hey, it's 1122 where I am right now. You're getting that morning energy from me. I just had my coffee. I got the jitters. Uh, It's good. It took Uh, me two hours and then a a small crying fit. And then I went to play something with my friends and I ranted to them about it. And then I had to come back, spend another hour, and then I beat it on the baby difficulty mode. Oh, and one thing I don't think you told me about specifically at that time was that the the real fucker about that fight for me is that it's an escort mission. Oh, you have to like, yeah. like you don't have to. It's not like you automatically that's, lose if the guy dies. That's bad. But like, yeah, you get like a worse because that's just how this game is. You can theoretically kill everyone in this game and it's fine. Yeah, I think I let um, that bitch die. <laughs> I was just like, this, this is already like, yeah. too much because Losa, she is a fire user in my party. <laughs> so you have all these oil barrels that spill over, and my girl decided to just use a fire spell on someone, and the entire arena was burnt. Like it was an infernal. Like it was so, like the chaos that you can you know execute in that game is ridiculous it is so good but so hard i don't know how you're doing it (sighs) uh i've been leaning on a lot of build guides (laughs) it's kind of what i've been doing uh in yeah well i mean that's another thing that i just love in games and i think that is one of the reasons i like games to be hard is because it does force me to think about builds warframe is another great game uh because i love downtime and i love i love oftentimes when the challenge in a game comes before the fight and actually that's one of the reasons i like the witcher is i like thinking about how best to prepare for a conflict so that i can then just fucking blaze through it and feel like i have like solved this like i the the, the, all of life is a puzzle to me and i don't want to turn it off i want to fucking break it over my knee and eat the marrow inside (laughs) that's how i like to enjoy my video games (laughs) and divinity original sin 2 has been giving me a little bit of that uh juice i think the chaos like you said natalie though does kind of get in the way sometimes because this game has like demo version far cry 2 maybe some people out there will probably know what i'm talking about it has demo version far cry 2 fucking fire effects where it's just constantly everything is on fire two seconds after you start any fight with anybody oh this is an ice monster over there i don't know how but everything is on fire we're in the fucking middle of california in the summer right now and there's a wildfire just tearing through this cave um (laughs) <laughs> I am actually uh, right before we started this, I was in the process of switching Losa from a fire build to maybe an ice build specifically so I can start putting fire out because I'm so fucking tired of everyone burning to death constantly. <laughs> oh, yeah, they just yeah, that happened so much in my playthrough. Like it was just like the ah, and then they burned down and they just like <laughs> huddle on the floor and die. And I'm like, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. God. 
Um, I, I I really have a tough time hitting my head up against the wall. But what do you think about um, one of one of the stories from uh, Persona Four Golden's uh, uh, arrival to PC was the uh, the difficulty settings that they have, which is basically mm. modular. They uh, you can basically set damage taken, damage given, exp one, money one. Um, retries and dungeons, retries and battles, and basically set that as a custom custom difficulty, which you've been able to do in like sports games forever. But like, do you are you more or less likely to use these settings than just like I don't know, uh, crank crank something up or down? Uh, um, me first, or yeah, Steven, go first. Uh, I just like very quickly because again, um. Divinity Original Sin 2 also has something similar to this with the gift bag system, which I was kind of leaning towards earlier. But uh, over time, Divinity added patches that uh, added these like optional kind of quality of life things that you could add uh, as free DLC updates. And some of them are just straight up DLC, like the newest one that they added, I think, is that they said the last free DLC they're adding to original sin 2 is the four relics of rivalon and it's these like four new side quests that are spread throughout the entire game where you're finding these unique armor sets in these new locations and each of them has like a special ability on it and each of them has like a new characters and new little story beats associated with them there's like one where there's this like pirate king slaver who uh used to rule the high seas and you uh it's awesome i'm, I'm getting off topic here but i just did want to like shout out this because it's like this awesome thing where you can <laughs> find this like uh disembodied moving skeleton arm on a beach and it's just like pointing in a direction and you can pick it up and at any point in the game you can just then like drop it on the ground and it will just like flip itself around and start pointing in a direction like a compass and it leads you to a chest and there's a man and there's a skeleton man inside the chest that belongs to the arm or that the arm belongs to and you can get an armor set from him it's cool i love um, this game so much <laughs> so good yeah. Um, but the other gift bags are things like, hey, you can use a bedroll anywhere in the world to just heal your whole party. And the thing that I like about that, and I think this ties back into Persona 4 and modular difficulty as well, is you can already sleep. You can at any point in Divinity Original Sin 2 out of combat, you can leave where you are, fast travel to a town, go sleep in a bed and heal all your characters. But it just adds, like, tedium. It just adds, like, an extra level of having to do shit that you would just do some other way. And I love modular difficulty settings that just remove cruft like that. It's just quality of life stuff. And so in Persona 4 Golden, the ability to just, like, restart a dungeon or restart fights or whatever, like, that stuff I would just do anyway because I would just reload a previous save. I would just have to walk from one end of the map to the other. Right. Well, instead of making me rewalk that distance, just let me redo that fight. Right. You know? Yeah. For me, um, I didn't know that you couldn't really use the bedrolls anywhere in the world because I'm pretty sure I'm, I had a mod to do exactly that <laughs> this entire time. <laughs> so if we're talking about this subject, like, I just, yeah, I, uh, I go to Nexus mods and, uh, yeah. yeah, like I, my elf is a fairy. Uh, so a lot of battles, even though they were already hard enough, I, I managed to make them easier because I was able to teleport to places that I technically shouldn't have been able to. Mm. But I like to think that 
the developers are letting me install these mods and there is explicit yeah. mod support for it. So I'm not yeah. really cheating the game so much as I'm taking advantage of the freedom that has been offered to me. Listen, they could stop you if they wanted to. I don't think, yeah. I, I don't think yeah. they, you know, they want you to have those things. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm just like... John's threshold, I believe, is even higher than mine. Like, if I, if I experience any challenge whatsoever, I'm like, you know what? Well, I'm a woman of color in this world. I don't need to be harder enough, a queer woman of color. So I'm going to have the easiest video game experiences that I can, because that's what we do, right? We use video games to escape. So... I've like I've never touched a Bloodborne. I've never touched a yeah. Dark Souls. I I've touched one Dark Souls, and I killed myself the moment that I was able to because I was like, if I'm gonna die 500 times, I'm gonna make the first one count as part of my agency. And I never really touched it past that ever again. I think I beat the first boss, and I was like, okay, I'm done. So like those games that or like Sekiro, those games that are like, yeah, you need to die in order to just like ugh, like you grow and you need to like part of the game is dying i'm like no sir thank you i'm good <laughs> I, I, I don't do. like difficulty in my games yeah i i do feel like that that that's a kind of a new not maybe new but like a definitely growing in popularity like back of the box copy of like you will die in this game and i'm like mm. well that's a warning for me like um, you know, like. it's like no, thank you. I already have an intense phobia of death in real life. Can we not do this? <laughs> but the beauty of uh, Dark Souls is that when, every time you die, you come back to life, and the true fantasy is just being able to try again and again and again forever. I don't know. This is nothing. <laughs> Absolutely not. Out stuff. We, we are not ah. taking any criticism from you because you're playing on tactician mode. So, hey. All I want to say on this podcast is tactician mode player rights. And that's, uh, you know, that's my platform uh, for my election to be uh, new president of RPGs. Gamer president. instead yeah, of gamer rights. Instead of what's his name? Uh, Watkins. It's Watkins. Yeah. yeah. No, it's Steven. <sighs> Our society yeah. should operate on tactician mode. Uh, you know what? For our generation, it already kind of is. <laughs> that's true. Uh, like like you said, especially, I think, for you, like, I think that, yeah, that's clearly, like, as a white person, uh, as a masculine presenting white person, I think, um, for me, the true fantasy is seeing, like, oh, wow, this is what it's like to have, like, difficulty in my life, huh? And not have everything just super easy for me all the time. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> like, novel. that was totally a bit, but I just, like, tell people, like, listen, I already have enough hardship as it is, um... So I'm just going to keep playing in the easiest difficulty mode. Is that okay with y'all? Great. If it's not, great. We're just going to keep rolling. I've yeah. never, yeah, I just like, every time that I try to play a game on normal mode, I just instantly regret it, especially for RPGs. So I'm, I think I'm good. Yeah. I And I think, well, games also seem like they're just getting better about like, not giving you shit for that sort of thing too which i think is like really cool and really good even if it's not like how i prefer to play the game i'm always going to support like in all seriousness i'm always going to support like more people being able to like enjoy a game in the way that they want to enjoy it and if that means 
decking it out with tons of mods or playing on a lower difficulty or playing on normal difficulty and turning off dogs attacking you or whatever that happens to be like i'm all for that honestly like i think it's very cool you know the last of us 2 has its defenders and its detractors but I think one of the very cool things that most people can probably agree on is that like modular difficulty stuff is like a really, really neat addition and a yeah. really cool trend in games. It's tough. It's so to, I, I, I think it's probably really tough to implement, too. So whenever it's yeah. done, it's it's something I'm, I'm pretty impressed by because I think those systems, they are designed individually, but they all have to interact. Like I, I'm, I sometimes I try to imagine what Breath of the Wild would be if you had modular difficulty. It's like mm. not something I want. But like trying to figure out how those systems interact and basically breaking them by, you know, changing them modularly would be a fascinating thing to to see. Um, yeah, like yeah, I got I the mean, appeal of it. I just I would rather watch someone else play that kind of difficult game. Yeah. yeah. I guess yeah. that makes me a fake gamer girl. No, no. I mean, not for me. Like, I, I don't. I. I have played Souls games and I I played Sekiro for I don't know 10 15 hours and and I I ultimately bounce off of all of those. Like I I like them but I never really like stick with them long enough because they do frustrate me. But I watch people play them all the time. Yeah. yeah I just don't get I, that sense of satisfaction that a lot of people really love about those games. Yeah. Like I am easily just as satisfied by waltzing through all of this. Like, yeah. I'm okay. But you know. oh, also, I think that you know, Natalie, you really strike on a really cool point that is another growing trend in games in general. Like from software games are really, really popular streams for a lot of reasons. And I think one of those two, though, is that like, oh, this is a Bloodborne is a really good example for me out of those because Bloodborne is a game where like at least half of the joy of that game isn't actually playing it. It's getting into it and then realizing halfway through that it's not what you thought it is. Like <laughs> if you, for people who don't know, like blood, you know, spoilers for Bloodborne, a game that came out fucking eight years ago. Um, <laughs> in Bloodborne, that game starts off as like gothic horror werewolves and witches and stuff like that. And you think that's what it is. And then it very quickly becomes obvious that it, it's all just basically a front. And there's an illusion over the city of Yarnum that is preventing people from seeing that there's fucking aliens around. <laughs> and well, no way. I didn't know that. Yeah, really? Okay, well, there you go. Whoa. Sorry for the spoilers. <laughs> no, I'm totally okay with it. I'm slightly more interested now. Yeah, and then that's like there's this whole like, you know, uh, uh, glamour over the city that is making these like, you know, monsters invisible. And then you kill this one enemy, Rom the Vacuous Spider, and suddenly the color of the sky changes. They like link the blood moon because uh, the moon turns red. <laughs> and then you can like look in the distance and there are these giant six armed like uh, 400 eyed big spider people crawling over walls and awesome. stuff like that that have. <laughs> exactly right that's goals for me um but like one of the things that's really interesting about that game is is that kind of uh tonal shift and that story shift and you don't need to play the game to experience that you just need to see it happen and see somebody else experience it somebody else who's going to get more satisfaction out of that and austin walker actually when I think it was like the first year of Waypoint rolled around, did a really good game of the year post about Hitman and how it was one of his favorite games of the year, despite the fact that he never played it because he just watched other people right. play it. 
and oh same you, my best friend loves it and so we screen share it a lot yeah. and i just watch her play it and it's so fun like i it's adore so hitman without having ever played it and and the fact that i think even that like that's kind of maybe the ultimate easy mode right is like watching somebody else do the thing for you <laughs> yeah. like i think that's such a cool and valid way to experience games oh, now and it's just becoming Absolutely. more so yeah yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I really do. Um, I agree. I mean, yeah, Merit Merit has paid people to basically get her through like <laughs> parts of Destiny. Like yeah. I don't know. Like I, I I think it's all it's 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 all it's all the same. I mean, I yeah. th- I think it's experiencing it in a way that you want to experience it, so it's fine. I have a friend who um, at one point she was like the number one healer in the Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, like a server that we're on so for a while she would like get people to pay her and she would like sort of uh, either carry them through or like she would help them out and like it's it's cool because there's like an entire business that can be made if you're good enough at video games which i will never be a part of because i'm bad (laughs) at video games and i'm happy to be bad at video games Right. But you get to you can also experience the like content of seeing if you were the person paying that person to heal you through hard content, you would get to see something like the Ultima, the High Seraph fight, like that raid in Final Fantasy. So much of that, what makes that thing cool is just engaging with the mechanics. And if you don't want to fucking deal with high level healing and you have somebody else to help you do that for you, like co-op is already a way of experiencing games in a way that like makes it easy. You know, like these are things that have existed for decades and decades and in different ways. And now we're just like finding because of new technologies and the dissemination of information through the Internet, people are just finding new ways to um, do that for other people uh, and each other and, and themselves in some cases too. It's like really, really, really interesting to me and probably worth its own podcast at some point. <laughs> probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you think so, John? Host of, uh, of 99, 99 Potions? 99 Potions. Um, <laughs> yeah. You you actually mentioned something earlier, Stephen, about re-rolling your character. And I I have just started Final Fantasy XIV for maybe the fourth time. Mm. Yeah. Hopefully Hell it'll yeah. click this time. I hope it does. I mean, I've really, one, I'm now playing it on a... I've been playing it on a laptop for the for like the first two times I played it, I played it on a laptop and it was like, sure. it ran okay. And then I started mm-hmm. to play it on PlayStation four and that's got its own fun set of issues. It <laughs> um, so runs at 15 frames. A second. It's not great. Yeah. It's not great. I, I, I was expecting that to run better, I think. Um, but uh, now I've got I've got this uh, got this beefy desktop. It's it runs max settings at like you know 100 frames per second. So it's like it's yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with that, obviously. Um, but like I don't know. Also having a Viera in the game that was a game changer for me. If I'm mm. honest, I don't think I like the character designs of Final Fantasy 14 very much. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Like the the individual NPCs are just like the races like the and how races. like it, I actually don't okay. think they're very interesting. Do you not like the dragon people? Uh, they're fine. They're cat people, like- but they have scales. That's true. <laughs> 
true. I mean, like I had to like squint when I re- I was like, what's the difference between these two? I was like, oh, there's scales mm. on this one. No, you just gotta yeah. add more and more scales. Be like more a little scales, scaly fucker. Yeah. 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 Um, make your tail maybe, long. And maybe that's my just like OC brain coming into contact, but basically any pit crew that I've ever made with myself has always included big curly demon horns, so, you know, maybe that's just something I, I mean, need to unpack. Listen, I'm into it. I just I just feel like they're... You, you think of, like, the pantheon of, like, um, Final Fantasy races that have been mm. created. Like, I think the Kimari are visually interesting. I think... I think, um, I think like, the... the oh, wow, do they have a race name? The Burmesians um from final fantasy 9 like the the rat people basically oh, yeah i think they're just rat people i think it's just burmesian right yeah, i think, I think it just might Burmesians. just be um they're cool though as fuck the freya number one for life sure yeah like i feel Plain. like there are very cool visually striking races that i think hmm, i guess i feel like when they first redid Final Fantasy 14, they were just like, well, we've just got to have the most humanoid looking fuckers. And, you know, the the differences are very slight. I I don't love the character design. So whenever I was starting a new character, I, you know, I think I was a cat person once. I think I was a Lollafell once. Um, And and like, I don't know. I, I don't know why I need this, but I do feel like I need a a visual anchor to my player character that I think is visually interesting, even in its most like default state. Um, mm. And so like the last, the new two cl- uh, races that they added, the Viera and what was the other one? Those, the, the Rothgar. The Rothgar yeah. I think they look kind of cool. Like I, I'm like, they, they, they at least look visually distinct in a way and are designed in a way that I think are, maybe a little more interesting than the rest of the design. So I don't know if this is like anything, but it, that is a thing that I went into and I was like, Oh, this is a Viera. I love Fran. Okay, here we go. And, uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe a closeness to my character this time that I didn't with the other ones. Hmm. And that's so key because like my aura, like she has technically no personality. Like the choices that you got in final fantasy 14 aren't really, any ones that you can be like, oh, my OC has like this specific personality quite so easily from the text. Like it's right. something you have to sort of have canon yourself. But I feel like she's my daughter and that I want to protect <laughs> her. <laughs> and that she's a hoe and she loves everyone. Yeah. And that's not supported in the text, but I will make it so. And it all depends on that connection hey. that you feel with that character. If you ask me, they support in the text um, uh, hooking up with Alice A constantly. You know, I'm just saying. She totally like, has a crush on the Warrior of Light. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah, yeah there's no, like, yeah, I know like they've done, gone confirmed. out there and done interviews. Yeah, just. Yeah. Ah, oh, God, yeah. But but also, everyone has a crush on the Warrior of Light because not having any <laughs> kind of personality placed on your character means you can put whatever you want on them that's altogether. That's probably true. Maybe that's what I should do to stop being single. Just have no personality. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just realized this. Why did it take me so long? I've played this fucking game for like a thousand hours. Okay. Anyway, 
carrying on <laughs> from that <laughs> just little remove discovery. the final brain cell and just like uh, let other people imprint on you it's great yeah, hey it's did no- y'all name your own uh characters or did you let the game suggest something to you oh no oh, oh no okay so this isn't pertaining to difficulty but it does pertain to how easy i like things to be so my friends make fun of me because i name all my characters natalie like <laughs> like in the world of dragon age the warden her name is natalie the inquisitor <laughs> her name is natalie natalie hawk and mass effect natalie shepherd <laughs> natalie Ryder. <Nice. laughs> final fantasy 14 it's natalie and her last name is shin because that's the last name of my favorite k-pop idol <laughs> <laughs> so like all these people have these like really nice aura lore friendly names right. and my, uh-huh. my dumbass is just like natalie shin like walking <laughs> everywhere and like really fancy elaborate armor and i'm just like yeah i'm natalie shin hi i'm natalie Natalie. Oh. <laughs> Please let me can take I? off my armor so I can shake hands with you. Yeah. <laughs> That's very good. Can I? Um, I'll, I'll, what if I tell you? I know my my Final Fantasy fourteen character's name. What if I tell it to you both and you can tell me if you think it's a randomized name or if it's one I wrote? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so I started off the game as a human, whatever the game calls human male, and then I switched the. the I used a Fantasia potion. What's that? The Hure, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Hure. what the humans are called. Hure. Yeah, the Hure. We're all Hures inside. All right, go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I used a Fantasia potion for 10 bucks to switch them to an Ra because I wanted to be a pretty dragon lady. Yeah, um, winning team. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I did not spend the money to change the name. So their name <laughs> is still Steven Storm. Now, do you think that's randomized uh, or if I came up with that? that. Are there any apostrophes in that or is it just kind of a straight <laughs> Steven Storm? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you like transliterate, it is. St- <laughs> Storm. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I, 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 because I love the rich fiction of this, I'm going to say the game suggested that to you. Yeah. Just the pronunciation, I think, really sold it. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's actually, it was actually decided for me by every single telemarketer that has ever called me in my entire life who <laughs> thinks that my name is Steven Storm. Uh, hello, Steven Storm. You are. <laughs> hello, Mr. Storm. Is this you? Uh huh. <laughs> John, what did you name your character? Uh, you know, I, I I've gotten such anxiety about naming characters over the past decade. I That's used why to I just not. Go with Natalie. I should. I mean, I should just. <laughs> I should just be like John Warden or something like that. You know. Um, That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, what? John War in W A R R I N apostrophe. Yeah, that's or good. Jean Jean Warren. Jean. Ooh, yeah. Jean Warren. Um, <laughs> hey, Ren is on the call with us. Hey, Ren. <laughs> hey, Ren. Um, yeah, I let I mostly let games tell me now, which I feel weird mm. about. But I went through a few random things, and I and I. <laughs> And I said yes to one of them. And then I'm like, I really like my girl. I really like my Vera. Like, she's really cool. Um, uh-huh. And she's yeah. a fucking conjurer. And she does a lot of cool magic. And I really like her. And she's looking fly. 
Um, her name is Fedona Tep, though. <laughs> and and like I was like, what are you compensating for? Yeah, yeah I'm like, <laughs> like, it's so cool. I love my Vera. I love oh my Vera. My she's rad as hell. I love her. She's so helpful. She's badass, and her name is she's Fedona healthy. Tep. She's tall. So what's her yeah. name again? Fedona, like. <laughs> Fedora, but with an N, <laughs> and then Tep, which is T E H P. So it sounds was, like Fiona I, from Shaq, but mixed with Fedora. Right? Yeah. Like about four hours in, I'm like turning in a quest, and I misread it as Fedora, and I was like, Oh no! I'm like, I name my, I name my fucking, I name my Vera something that Notch would name a fucking RPG character. Hatsune um, Miku named your Vera. Yeah, Hatsune Miku named my my Vera. I mean, I feel weird because I, I here's here's what I know is that I can't change it now because mm. I do I do like I do get attached to characters and then I'm like, well. You know, you get, you know, you're stuck with it, right? In my in my head, that's where I am. Now I know that's bullshit. You can change your name, um, but like, I don't know. It's almost like I, no, I, I have it. to get to know yeah, my same. character well enough to change it. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Which me, it's at the point that I can't feel comfortable doing it. Like I have a lot of friends who will use a potion like a fantasia potion right. just to change the race and like mix it up a little bit yeah i'm like yeah. i i can't do that i can barely change her hair color without getting anxiety oh natalie and john too <laughs> like this is how attached i am to my final fantasy 14 character when i started that game um and he was a hire um they were like a big gruff dude with kind of like um, red hair and they were a paladin, uh, which is like starts as the gladiator. So they're like just a big fighter, like kind of like tried true tank class. And then once I got to Heavensward, I switched them up to a Dark Knight, which is like this edgelord. Like, yeah, like they draw on the power of the black blood to yeah. summon magic to defend their uh, allies and uh, defeat their enemies or whatever. And when I did that and he went through that whole thing, I was like, OK, now I can finally change his hair because he's been through some shit and he's like drawing on dark forces or whatever. So yeah. I gave him like a, a touch of gray to show that he had like right. been stressed out by his transition sure. into this new thing. Um, we only change our hair when we go through some shit. <laughs> exactly. It's like when a uh, JRP or it's when an anime protagonist uh, fucking cuts their hair short. It's when Garnet. Yeah, in, I was gonna uh, say Daggers. Final Fantasy Nine. <laughs> I was gonna say Final really Fantasy Nine because honestly, like out of all the Final Fantasies, Nine was the hardest for me. And some people get weirded out by that because they think it was the easiest one. I'm curious as to which one was most difficult for you. Mm, that's a good question. Both you and John. Yeah. Um, I'm, my first instinct is to say that the most difficult is also probably the one I beat first, which is 10. <gasps> I think 10 is the easiest. Really? So, yeah. So this is really interesting because I, I blew through 10. When I yeah. okay okay, <laughs> uh, I've, I I don't, I can't remember if I've told the story on a podcast for Fanbyte, but I know I've told it somewhere. Um, my friend Mike and I, hi Mike, love you. 
Um, <laughs> oh, we Mike. decided because he lived in <laughs> Hi, John's friend Mike. He lived in Arizona when we were uh, teens, and this game came out. And um, and then he came back to Dallas for like three weeks uh, for winter break. And we decided to get Final Fantasy X and play it together. Mm. Now we would experience it together because we're yeah. we're very close and and we you know we love each other a lot. Been through a lot. We're both we're both very like similar people. Have similar health problems. Just like really really good guy. I definitely got my copy and just played it and just didn't tell him. Yeah. And uh, that's and, fucking yeah. That's very real. And it was <laughs> and it was like a, such a fucking anime betrayal to like watch yeah. to like watch him play through this game and act surprised when things were happening. You acted what? surprised too. You weren't even honest. Oh about no, I wasn't it. even honest. I wasn't honest with him till like five years later, and I was like, "Hey, Mike, wow. I definitely played this game before." <laughs> oh, no. uh, I do, I do appreciate knowing because I wasn't sure for a second there if this was the first time that this information had ever been made public. No, I, I, I texted him like. Maybe it wasn't even five years later. It, it might have been like five years ago that I texted Mike and I was like, hey, bud, I think well, enough water has been under the bridge on this one. But I do just want to let you know that I played almost all of Alphazington before you got to Dallas that one winter. Anyway, and he was fine. I don't know if he was really with fine. with a Vera named Fedora. Like, it's just what he deserves. <laughs> it's true. I think maybe he's been, like, psychically uh, fucking with my RPG experiences since this. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, I blew through it so I could... This is evil. I, I just tried to blow through it so I could beat it before he even got into town and so i i didn't really level i'm like a pretty grindy person when i play mm. jrpgs um and i got to the last uh the last eject battle and got my ass kicked like yeah like irreversibly like i could not get like I was like statted. I wasn't statted enough to like actually beat this guy yeah. somehow. And so for a while it was the hardest one for me, but I, I don't know. I guess I pushed past it. 12 is, I think the hardest one. Mm. Yeah. Cause it sucks and it's hard to get into. No, now, Natalie, we all agree on this podcast. By the way, this is a Final Fantasy IX uh, trio here. Okay, like this is yeah. our favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't really want to debate about it. I've seen some very yeah. wrong people online. You know, over the past there's day so or many so, of them. Yeah. Since and Natalie posted you- uh, that wonderful, wonderful image that I've I've seen many times, and I re- <laughs> I, I smash that retweet every single time I see it. Smash um, that retweet, that like button. Yeah. Yeah. Click on these vapes. Um, and and I think like nine was difficult for me at times, but twelve is the only one that's like um I could just walk into a room and get my shit handed to me if I'm not ready for it. And yeah. and like I like it actually. I of all the talk of difficulty, twelve never really struck me as like punishingly difficult, but it was difficult for me. 12, having just beat it very recently for the first time ever, the thing I think that's really interesting about 12 is the main story campaign is actually really easy, but it is filled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The side stuff is really tough. 
and it's filled to the brim with it. There's tons of side stuff in that. Like probably at least half of the like content in that game is side stuff. And some of it will just completely wreck your shit. The Necro Hall of Nabudis is a completely optional entire like fucking landmass in that game. And that place is a fucking hell zone because it's, really it's just like like uh, bad traps and it's really tough enemies. And yeah, it's 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 shitty status effects yep. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Getting blinded constantly. Yeah. But nine was super like tough for you, huh, system, Natalie? Huh? Nine was super tough for you? Yeah. So one aspect of it was so 12 until the point that I could stomach it. <laughs> uh, I didn't think it was very hard. And I think part of it was because I actually enjoyed the battle system. Whereas yeah. with nine, I didn't dislike the battle system, but there wasn't anything interesting about it for me. Like there was with um, 10 and all the frequent summons and uh, eight was really fun for me in terms of, like I love the magic junction system. I'm one of those mm. problematic people. And, <laughs> and so with nine, I didn't dislike the battle system, but there wasn't anything in there that made it fun for me. So I think part of that played into the difficulty. I think another part was the rate of frequent uh, the like frequency of um, random encounters for me in that game felt so much worse than in any other Final Fantasy game. Like I felt like I just moved two steps and I had to deal with a random encounter. Um, so that was also one aspect of it for me. I felt like the rate was too high. And then the other one was that I know that I won the final battle by pure luck. Like I had been like I, I was really small. So this was a time in my life where I still like, you know, did the whole smash the controller into the pillow kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, that was long ago. Yeah, the, the kinds of things that you that we definitely don't do now. The, yeah, um, yeah. Gamer things, that. just gamer Good things. So like yeah. I remember <laughs> and I remember that like I would be audible about my frustrations even though it was mm. a very quiet thing so my right. mom would like scream at me from downstairs she'd be like if you're so mad at it why are you fucking playing it and I'd be like, <laughs> oh that's a fucking mood yeah. and I'd be like, I've, I've gotten that listen. several times <laughs> yeah, yeah uh-huh. and it's like you don't understand mother and so I remember that while I was trying to <laughs> you just do don't understand gamers mom <laughs> you just don't understand what it's like to be a gamer <laughs> the most depressed <laughs> minority in society um, and so I remember during that boss battle with Necron I think my dad asked yeah. me one extremely simple question I don't even remember what it was, but I do remember that I was like, oh my God, I'm busy. And he was like, okay. He was like, bitch, like what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And I know that I won it by absolute luck because I entered a trance with Zidane or Zidane Uh, or whatever. mm. And I like everyone was dead and he had like, I don't know, a hundred health points left. So it was by a total miracle. So even up until the end, a lot of it was just luck for me, whereas with 10, it's actually the one that I tell everyone who's new to Final Fantasy to start off with. So yeah. it makes it really interesting that you think it's the hardest because I always tell them it's the easiest one. Like if there's an accessible 
Final Fantasy, especially for people who don't, who like RPGs, but I think it takes a specific kind of person to, like I have friends who love RPGs, it's their favorite genre, but they won't play a JRPG because they don't like how grindy it is. Yeah. And I totally get that, even if I'm like, well, you're missing out like on a really good story here. Um, and so... Yeah, that's the one that I usually tell people, like, if you're going to play a Final Fantasy and you don't want something super grindy or hard, start with 10. So it's interesting that you think it's the hardest one. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that we've revealed here is that I've been lying this whole time. I'm not playing on Tactician. I'm playing on the lowest difficulty. It's just taking me this long because I'm bad at video games. Um, I'm bad at everything I've ever played. I'm a baby gamer and I've been um, oh, uh, a baby gamer. Bamboozled, yeah. I bam- bamboozled you all. I think maybe your brain is so big for like really difficult modes <laughs> that then the easy games are harder for right. you to compute and You're process. Overthinking because- it. You know? yeah. That might genuinely be true, actually. Like, there's no way you should derive more satisfaction out of Divinity Original Sin 2 and Final Fantasy X from how much it pushes you against the wall, as you say. But I don't feel like that's quite the right term. It's more like being shoved into oblivion with no like cushion to sort of protect you from anything. I don't know. It's actually an interesting. I think you do generally make genuinely, genuinely. Genuinely. I'm sorry. Genuinely. I'm telling you, I've got them coffee jitters. I'm spinning in my chair right now. You can't see it, but my I'm, uh, I'm headphone sh- cable is all around my neck. I'm going to shoot my espresso right now. I'm going to mute myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like, because one of the things I think about the one of the memories that I have about Final Fantasy X and why I found it so difficult at the time was because I wanted to use things like poison and blind and things on bosses. And that game just does not allow you to access that toolkit. It's just like the boss just is immune to all of your cool shit that you've been using to try and like uh, get past these like minor battles and stuff like that. You just have to sit here and do raw damage. And I'm like, but wait, that's not how you play this game this game like that's Waka's how i play a- that game in divinity original <laughs> sin 2 and all the other games no box exactly. no poison up in this bitch we just raw damage that like that's me but yeah, and yeah I, I think I, that, i'm the same yeah. way just cutting in i'm like i'm like oh god what what make number go big what make number go like, big what's the point like, of buffs yeah. if thing. you're gonna kill them fast anyway with your raw damage there's no time for buffs you just gotta mm. kill them fast no time for buffs is a really good episode subtitle. Sorry, that's my podcast producer brain. Right, let's yeah, write that down. <laughs> no time for buffs. That's good. Uh, but yeah, I think that is actually it. It's just like I am so used to a lot of games where, and, and intentionally putting myself in situations in games where I want to be accessing large amounts of the toolkit to find very roundabout ways of breaking systems. That when the the solution is just like be a blunt object, beat the shit out of this thing, I lose it. And I right. just like can't get past it. I think that's what I had you, real tough times with with sin. And do you ten. build a narrative around the battles you you fight? <laughs> it depends on the battle, okay, uh, for sure, and, and the game. I think because I feel like that's that's maybe a difference. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm speculating, but it's like it sounds like you're a person that you know, looks at your party makeup and. You want to go, well, how would they really tackle it? And, yeah. you know, and and uh, yeah. it sounds like Natalie and I are sitting over here and go, we make we press X till die. <laughs> press X till die. <laughs> I, I think I'm in the middle where 
I don't quite do it in the sense of like, oh, is Sabil going to backstab this person or is she going to throw her daggers? I think of it like, oh my God, I'm in danger, Sabil, please protect me. <laughs> and then I make a narrative in my head of Sabil being like, don't you touch my wife. And then she like exactly. backstabs. Yeah, I do it for stupid reasons. So I'm, I'm most- firmly in the middle here. Uh, the yeah. most powerful ability in any RPG uh, called the wife. Yeah. yeah, the wife. Yeah, specifically the wife. Smash that wife. Button. I guess that's why I like. I guess that's why I like um, Final Fantasy IX's battle system so much. Is that like, if I really do want to maximize the efficiency of the team to like get through battles, I need to just not. I need to not hit X the whole time. Like I need to like make sure VB is getting his his magic in. And I need to make sure mm-hmm. that like. You know, if Steiner and VB are in the same team, like that's obviously a different strategy versus if Steiner is alone. Um, like I, I, I like that RPG. I, I like that game a lot because it it makes you think about those combinations, which like honestly, the Zodiac system in 12 kind of made me do the same thing, which is why my yeah. most recent playthrough of that game has been in a lot of ways way more satisfying than the original one, because you know the original 12 you're you're just looking at blank slates i mean you can turn yeah. you can turn any character into like a melee machine or you know whatever and and it's like seven and some people love that i don't love it as much because i really like the idea that these are real characters with real specialties and they have something specific to give to the to the to the group and 100%. and i like that so um yeah i i tend to I tend to think about battles and not just, you know, hit X to win, uh, as I was joking about, like if if the systems at work are actually um, built in, I think. I don't know. I. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. But I, no, I think that's valid. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm here <laughs> to represent the people who indeed go just press x it's so i mean it's still very satisfying (laughs) (laughs) but also yeah yeah i think you get a different kind of you you look for a different kind of thing in our like rpgs in that same way and i think that's just like a different kind of player to a certain degree it's just like there are people out there be you among them us among them i think all of us uh who just fucking love bioware games because bioware games are like specifically designed to like don't worry too much about the combat the stuff in terms of like the story around these characters is we're going to give you a really really strong framework around it and then let you we're going to build other systems outside of the combat where you can decide like who your wife is um and you know i respect (laughs) that same though i think because uh before I played Mass Effect or Dragon Age, I mostly played JRPGs, and I think those games made the transition easier, specifically Mass Effect, because I didn't have to... Yeah. Like, it was the first time that I was playing an RPG, and I was like, oh, you don't have to grind? I don't have to worry about, like, how I develop my abilities and right. all my items? And it was really cool for me on top of the all, like, attractive Turians and Asaris and, you know, yeah. whatnot. Yeah, very... That was very cool for me, but yeah, I it was a new thing for me, and I think they made getting into Western RPGs a lot easier because I I totally get why some people might think JRPGs are sort of impenetrable. Like we're already, I mean, just this week we're having a very you know heated discussion about whether games are too long, and 
the thing about JRPGs is that in terms of the main story, they're not always super long, but it's the grinding, it's the leveling yeah. up, it's making sure that you can actually progress through the story with your abilities and your stats that make it hard for people to just even if you're not a parent or on time constraints or have a full-time job or something it's right it's just generally something that people it's don't tough. really have the patience for not everyone does at least yeah and then the next step is you go from jrpg to western rpg through bioware and then you just get way into Visual novels, The House of Father Morgana, <laughs> yeah. on sale now on Steam. <laughs> yeah, please buy House of Father Morgana. It's not a hard game. It's a visual novel, and it's one of the best games ever. Okay, I'm done. No, but like, I, I do think there's an element there of just like finding different like degrees and flavors of like, but you're finding your sweet spot for like, where do you want the challenge to come from? And where do you want the story to come from? And how much of an impediment do you want the story like to get in between you and deciding what the story is going to look like for you? And for some people, that's going to be like me, uh, where I like to I love to think about like, well, how does this what's the what's the clever and interesting like narrative way to get out of this situation which is like teleporting this fucking shitty magister uh fail son off of a bridge and onto this impenetrable uh p- pillar so i can kill all of his friends and then teleport him <laughs> back into my group and just kick him like a fucking jojo meme <laughs> all at once <laughs> which is how i got past that first boss fight in original sin 2 <laughs> it also depends um, on how you factor in difficulty just because I don't know if I would say that certain battles in Divinity Original Sin 2 are harder than, for example, the puzzles in games like Virtue's Last Reward or mm. 999. Like, it it just depends. And I'm very bad at puzzle platformers, too. I'm just bad at all video games. I'm going to just make that clear. <laughs> but I'm Please, very bad will, at puzzle platformers and things like that. When will they make games yeah, for Natalie? Yeah, exactly. Please. When will they make games for babies like me? And so... <laughs> It, it also depends on whether, like, I think, I think getting through a JRPG where I have to, you know, grind, like getting through Persona 5 was easier for me than, say, tackling the puzzles in Virtue's Last Reward or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, I always looked at a guide and felt smart when I would finish the puzzle, even though I used everything from the guide. I was like, oh, the guide worked. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I'm so Fancy smart that. for using the guide. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, like, one of the, for me, like, last year, one of the hardest games I played, because I think it was, at least in two spots, some bullshit, I'll say it, is Outer Wilds, which is not an RPG by any stretch, I don't think, but oh, like... that game is so hard. Games. Yeah, stuff. right? Like, if you're yeah. queer, There's, it's like, oh. I can't drive. Right, exactly. Like, and now you want me to drive in three dimensions? Fuck you. Yeah, it's like, and if I don't drive correctly, like, I'll crash the ship and I have to fix it. And then it just, like, no, no. That, yeah. game, that game was just constantly phobia. like you wouldn't be able to, to land a lunar uh, launcher. I'm like, I know, <laughs> yeah. I know. I didn't go to school for it. What are you talking about? Um, uh, now try to land the lunar launcher while dodging big tornadoes. fucking fish. <laughs> Hi, well, please land this launcher on Tornado Alley. We appreciate it. Thank <laughs> that you. was the first planet that I went to, and I was oh just like, God, you know really? what? I think yes, it was. Wow. I was like, same, okay, same, I think same, I'm same. gonna take a break. <laughs> I haven't. I, I don't know if I've gone back to it. I think I That's might have fine. gone back to it once, and then I was like, 
Yeah, I'm going to take another break. Uh, Jordan actually wrote a really good piece about that exact planet. It's for someone that lives in Tornado Alley in Texas. That's like a Mm. really, really like scary, weird uh, planet. So that's a good one on fanby.com. Also scary if you don't live in Tornado. That's true. They're still scary. Um, but check out the yeah, piece. If there's just like a really humid planet in uh, like some future <laughs> DLC Florida or whatever, maybe planet. <laughs> Florida planet, they could finally like represent my whole state. I think. I love that you. I, I I don't know what your humidity situation is like in Fargo, North Dakota, but like I have to imagine it's not as bad as like Austin, Texas. But maybe South I'm wrong. Florida, just. Uh, <clears throat> This morning it was eighty-one uh, percent humidity. Yeah, at, uh, I mean at we we I don't know about you, Natalie. I, we frequently degrees. have like ninety to ninety-five percent humidity, huh? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and also the heat. Okay. Like right now, it's ninety-three degrees here. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> On top of the humidity of Southern Florida, uh, so yeah, it's. I mean, it's um, currently. Eighty-four degrees, and that's, it's going to be ninety by the end of the see, day. That's weird. I don't understand Fargo. Yeah, I don't understand so, it. That's weird. That's the, here's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, so maybe you've got like six percent humidity on me, but I get like ninety percent of the way to you guys in the summer, and then in the and, winter, and you just crank that shit to twenty. Yeah, yeah, uh huh. Yeah. Like just fucking negative 30, 40 degrees yeah. out here. Where in for, LA, for another I six months. We I, we basically have a debate about whether to bring a jacket or not. Uh, past four. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It drops down to 50. No, actually, mm, just less than 60 people over here start wearing mittens and sweaters. Oh, my God. It's so clownish, but I can't help but participate in it, too, because it's real. That's a lot of what happens in uh, Texas is, like, it gets below, you know, 65, and everyone's like, brr. Turn on the heat, you know. So, would, what's more difficult I, for Steven, Divinity Original Sin Two on Tactician mode, or South Florida, or Texas, or mm. Los Angeles? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I wore mittens and like a sweater in sixty degree weather, I would suffocate because my body would be my. It would soak through with such weight that I would be crushed to the ground like a witch in a witch trial and being pressed to death. <laughs> Uh, I think this is a wonderful place to leave the first episode of 99 Potions. Uh, I had a very good time talking about RPG difficulty and starting new RPGs and a bunch of stuff. And, and your Vera named Fedora. And my, my Vera <laughs> named Fedora. Fedora the Vera. Uh, it's so God. bad. You could have just named her Jean while you were at I it. I just was like, I was like, Fedona. All right, Fedona. And then, and then, it like, it, it's almost like the second I said, yep, I'm like, that's like Fedora, huh? It's like Fedora. Um, anyway, uh, you can find me at Floppy Adult on Twitter. Natalie, where can we find you? You can find me at Hardemisia. That's heart I M E C I A on Twitter. And Stephen, where can we find you? Reference. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at, at Steven Strum. That's S T R O M, not Storm. Not Storm, <laughs> like the Final Fantasy XIV character. <laughs> yeah, the famous Final Fantasy XIV character, Steven Storm. <laughs> that NPC. 
Yeah. You're, you're fantastic for OC, Stephen Storm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm the cousin of Johnny Storm. I have ice powers. Not good ice powers. I just no, kind of make it like, like slightly chilly. Yeah, you can just make everyone's drink cold just by touching <laughs> it. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, That's fucking, nice. It's good. I'm a fucking Great Lakes Avengers character. <laughs> um, you Listen, this is a brand new feed, a brand new show. We're actually trying to make this a thing. So like, go like and subscribe. Uh, to 99 potions you can find it on any of your podcatchers uh we're excited to talk rpgs we'll have kind of rotating casts you know a fourth that'll join us periodically whatever we're excited to talk rpgs uh this is uh a fun new show that we would love to do so but we have a bunch of other feeds uh i'm not gonna bore you with those i'll probably put promos at the beginning and end of this one like i've been doing uh but we have a bunch of different feeds go check them out uh you can see basically everything we do at fanbyte.com slash podcasts and until next week um yeah chug a lug Thank you.